It is Monday, April 10th, 2023, and welcome to episode 205 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Lester Munson, NSI fellow, and joining me are Jamil Jaffer, NSI's founder and executive director, and Jessica Jones, expert detective and skilled hand-to-hand combatant. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about this news from the last few days of a yet another treasure trove of U.S. classified documents uh, becoming coming public, being leaked. Uh, In this case, there are hundreds of documents that appear to have been used to brief Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley on a number of issues. These documents appeared on the gaming website Discord, which uh, you probably have not heard of. It is a gamers platform, and the uh, user group in which these documents uh, appeared uh, was related to the game of Minecraft, which, to my understanding, is normally played by 12-year-olds. Uh, So very strange circumstances regarding the leak. The documents cover a number of issues, uh, everything from the Wagner Group in uh, in the Sahel in African countries to UK policy in the South China Sea to Russian cyber attacks on on Canadian infrastructure. Uh, but most particularly, and perhaps most of concern, the war in Ukraine. And there's there's been a lot of information about the status of Ukrainian defenses. Some of the stuff might be beneficial to Russia. And also some of the documents appear to have been altered before being published. And these are photographs of documents that were published. The documents may have been altered to make the position of Russia look better. So that may call into question uh, the motivation of the leaker. Also, we're recording this Monday morning. We have not yet seen news of any arrests or law enforcement activity, but it does appear based on some of the reports that there, there's some evidence as to who was doing this and that uh, and that moves may be afoot in the law enforcement community to bring people to justice. Also, important to note, this is the latest in a series of leaks over the last few years, going back to WikiLeaks, going back to Edward Snowden. There's been a couple of less publicized episodes recently. Uh, but there's there's one of the questions here is, I think, is the motivation of the leakers. And I, I suspect that perhaps including Edward Snowden, although there might be more of a debate with him, but in many of these leakers are not seeking to empower some foreign nation. Instead, they're looking to change the policy of the United States government by making things public. They think that some sort of disclosure of classified information is going to change the way the U.S. government does business. Uh, and there, so to the extent there's a pattern here, it may be that these self motivated individuals who've got some sort of beef uh, with with the way the U.S. government does business are trying to change things on their own, regardless of, of the consequences. And I think it'd also be fair to note that the response of the of various administrations has not been terrific to these. And I'm, I'm mostly concerned with the Obama administration pardon, President Obama's pardon of Chelsea Manning, who, who was the architect of many of the WikiLeaks uh, from a few years ago. That pardon, I think, sent absolutely the wrong message uh, to the to the national security community about where politicians were in terms of backing up the work, the very important work that they do. Jamil, I want to go to you first. What are what are your thoughts about this, uh, this latest and terrible episode of leaked classified information? Well, I think what's most interesting about this is in a lot of ways, this is very similar to the Chelsea Manning leaks. Uh, it's, it's broad scope. It's a wide variety of documents about a range of issues. Um, but it's what I think is most important is the recency of these documents. They literally are in the last few months, right? They, they date back to, you know, maybe late December, uh, but all the way up till early March. And so these are very recent documents. 
Uh, they're classified at various levels, secret, top secret, um, but some appear to be analysis from uh, the Joint Chiefs, right, the Joint Staff at least, uh, the, the J2, the J3, uh, the people who provide the intelligence and operational advice to the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs and the various military commanders uh, that ultimately execute our, our national security and defense policy. And so, you know, these are important documents, um, even though they may only be classified at the secret level, uh, they can do some significant damage, particularly demonstrating, one, what we're collecting on our allies, what we're collecting on our adversaries, what we know about their plans, intentions, and capabilities. And in particular, when we're talking about the Ukraine war, you know, what we think about when they're going to run out of weaponry and what kind of weaponry we're supplying them and who we're working with. Those details are very helpful to our adversary, in particular the Russians um, in that case. Um, and I think this is hugely damaging to U.S. national security. So if you're right, Les, that this is about trying to change U.S. policy, um, you know, this is not the way to do it. When you've taken a note to protect classified information, this is not the way to change U.S. policy. Jones, what are your thoughts? You know, I think it's interesting, Les, because on one hand, you know, the fact that it was up on a gaming site um, and we don't know who, you know, it's been up for a month now, right? It came out earlier. We've just It's just hitting the headlines now. Um, and we don't know who did it. And we don't have that information yet. This That might come out later. It kind of lends itself to the idea that this wasn't to change U.S. national security, right? Like it's documents to your point, to Jamil and your point, across a wide array of issues, right? But it is, it has very sensitive information and technologies and capabilities that, you know, like NRO satellite technologies that, that aren't really even publicly discussed. And so it is incredibly damaging. So then, then you go the other way thinking, okay, this must be intentional. But I, I'm going to be really surprised that when, when it, when we do find out, you know, what's behind this, who is behind this. I think one of the, um, one of the the issues here that that will be discussed is the nature of the U.S. national security apparatus itself. This is kind of a perennial talking point or kind of quasi debate. There's too much classified information. There are too many people with access to that information. Perhaps up to three million people have some sort of security clearance, and that the U.S. government's national security apparatus is too unwieldy, too large, trying to do too many things. And leaks like this are inevitable. What do, what do we think of that argument? I'm actually surprised less. You know, I didn't realize the number was so high until you said it, that, that we don't have more leaks, actually. Right. I mean, there are more stories that don't make the headlines. There are folks that are just, you know, taking documents home on the weekend, trying to work, you know, work extra hours. Well, they say that. And, you know, we, we do hear about, obviously, documents at Mar-a-Lago and with, you know, President Joe Biden and former VP Pence. And so I think, you know, those are the stories that make that people actually pay attention to. Right. Like, so I think the classification system in general, people, don't, the average American doesn't understand. But I'm actually surprised that the number is so low, considering the amount of people that are involved that have access um, to these documents this information. I mean, look, I think Jess is right that, that I think relative to the number of people that have it, you, you see a lot less leaks than you might expect. Um, but I do think that part of that is the, you know, the culture and the nature of the system, right? We're giving these clearances to people who need them, who are working the national security apparatus. We are, we're vetting them pretty extensively, but this is inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, and so I do worry, though, about the problem of overclassification. I do think that we do overclassify data. And I do think that encourages people. I'm not saying it's a, it's a, it's a justification. It is absolutely not. Um, but it does encourage people to say, well, this isn't really that that sensitive. Why can't I put it on the Internet? Why can't I take it home with me um, and the like? And that actually, to me, is what causes some of the underlying issues that lead to this. What do we think Congress should do uh, kind of in, in the long term with these leak investigations? The, the president has basically tasked uh, his administration to do an investigation into the leak, into the immediate issue. But what should Congress be thinking about long term? Are there reforms that should be implemented? Uh, does there need to be a different approach on the criminal justice side? What 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 should the what should the legislature be thinking about in terms of long term ramifications here? Because we've seen this. This has been going on for years. Is there is there a deeper issue here that needs to be addressed? 
Uh, Les, that's a great point. I mean, and, and maybe you guys can tell me, you know, under the Espionage Act, which is, you know, what is the needs to try a lot of these folks. I mean, it seems like the penalties aren't as harsh as I thought they would be, right? Like five, seven years imprisonment. That doesn't seem to be on the level for folks that are intentionally, you know, revealing inf- sensitive information of, about the U.S. national security apparatus. I mean, look, I think that there's not a lot for Congress to do here, frankly. I think the real thing that we need to focus on is less about changing laws and more about enforcing laws more effectively, Right. Um, I think we need better vetting, obviously, of of people who have classified information. But at the end of the day, these kind of leaks, I think, are somewhat inevitable. Having spies is inevitable. What you really need to do is crack down much harder on these folks uh, when they do it. Giving people, uh, you know, uh, pardons and the like is absolutely the wrong thing to do. Sends exactly the wrong message. I mean, I think it's a mistake. And frankly, Edward Snowden um, needs to be here in the United States. The fact that we're not continuously putting pressure on Russia to hand him over and have him face American justice is really a crime. Um, and that really, to me, is, is, is the biggest thing we need to do is better enforcement, not new laws. I agree on enforcement, but I also think Congress uh, needs to make its will known and needs to uh, pro- needs to demand accountability from the executive branch. There should be consequences for people who have made uh, bad bureaucratic decisions and have allowed uh, the, the system to be as bloated and as unwieldy as it is. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks to Brooke Aga Khan from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Join us again on Wednesday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debate shaking up America. And if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.